0: welcome to episode 69 of no shot clock the chicago high school basketball podcast i'm michael o'brien from the chicago sun times here as always with joe henrickson of the city suburban hoops report happy new year everybody i hope you saw a lot of holiday tournament action we're going to get into all of that now how many games or places do you think you went joe
1: that you know those anybody who does that grind of the five days you're in a gym and you lose track of what day it is and (laughs) it it does uh it's a it's the fun it's the most fun time of the high school basketball season to me. In some ways it's it's almost so jam packed it's almost a little bit more intense than state tournament time. But uh you know, I mean I the only place I did not get to that I really wanted to get to was State Farm and it was a big rare area of snow that hit Pontiac right when I was ready to leave to go down to State Farm Classic so I did not get down there but but yeah it's just uh you know, you know how it is Mike it's just geez you're, you're worn out and dead at the end of the at the run but um we're gonna review and, and kind of go through it all today on this podcast
0: yeah I went to more places than usual and a lot of years I will kind of only well sometimes I'll be at Jacobs I guess but I'll, I'll usually only see Proviso and Pontiac but I was all over this time saw some wheeling action was over at the Dipper, um, had a really good time at York, the 26th, I thought that was, um, that was I think it my first time being there, and boy, it might have been a, almost a decade since I've been at York, uh, so it was nice to check that out, but um, let's start this off with some questions first, uh, and then we will get into uh, breaking down, as Joe said, kind of our hits and misses um, from the holiday tournaments. First up is a question that was left over from last week, because I was naughty and missed it. Um, but a first-time uh, question asker, Sybil Jones, says, "What determines team and prospect rankings? What information is used?" Prospect well, rankings, Joe. Yeah. Prospect ranking. I mean, it, it is. It's just the parents you like, right? That's who you like to rank. Yeah, right? I, I generally do that. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, I mean, there. I don't think people get and understand truly the difference. I mean, I think some do, but the average fan kind of gets mixed up between high school player and prospect and and I've done it 20 some years um, I fortunately have a loyal base of college subscribers 100 plus division one schools and you know um, 50 plus smaller division two II, division three schools but it, it is something that goes beyond their production. Uh, at the high school level. And it starts early, and in the beginning, it it all is about what they can become. And that's the the difference. You're really projecting two, three, four years as opposed to right now. And to make it very simple, it is a combination of production. Yes, I want to see things get done by individual players, but it's also about how they project physically, Uh, and and where they will be two, three years down the road as college players. And and it's it's challenging. It's tough. Um, Because one player that you absolutely love at the high school level may not be a kid that you really think has a bright college future at at a particular level. But, you know, upside projection combined with, you know, productivity, it kind of all comes into play. Uh, And and just really kind of – Looking overall skill level combined with athleticism.
0: All right, my, uh, and I guess it's also I don't know if I know people are was talking about the prospect bias and this or that, but I mean you don't have you could care less what AAU team someone plays for. I know for right. you, yeah. and you don't really care about you know it's not like parents are giving you money. Or you know have any can right. help you out in any way? There's no there's no impetus for you to help out AAU programs or parents.
1: None. And again, it's all my value and what I do is, I mean, basically, if those schools continue to subscribe, and fortunately for myself, over the past ten, fifteen years, that number just keeps increasing. So.
0: And if you were uh, pumping up kids from a certain AAU program regularly, and they didn't pan out. Those. then
1: they don't subscribe, exactly. right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, they're, they're, they're going to bail on you eventually if you're not providing. You know, and not to say that I'm, you know, no one's getting this 100% right. No one's probably even hitting, you know, 70% of them. But I, I think the big thing that I hear from college coaches too is they don't want to be tricked or fooled into some, and wasting their time, Mike, because when they say, Joe, you – what about this kid? Or I heard about this kid, or this kid, or what I write and put into my recruiting service notes that they see. They don't want to read something or hear something that you tell them, and then they go and it's not even in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. they like, they don't want to be like, what in the world am I doing? I mean, there's times like, yeah, Joe, I liked him. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, he's got a chance, you know, but you, you want to stay away from the sending a high major coach to go watch it. Low major player or a you know mid major guy going to see a player who really is a division two or division three player and that that's a big a big part of it so they're not wasting their
0: time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, um, teams. I'll take that since I rank teams a lot. Um, there's three main things, three main categories um, when I'm doing it. Number one is just the team's overall talent level, and that's something that these other two factors below it can change the ranking, you know, nothing's just based on talent. We'll talk about Romeoville real quick right now because that's a hot topic on Twitter. Romeoville, you know, has a lot of talent, especially compared to a lot of the other teams in the area that's had them ranked for a while. Um, but that alone is not going to keep you in the rankings. Number two is resume. Um, that That's basically your schedule, who you've beaten, who you've lost to. I prioritize Big wins—they're the number one most important thing. Number two is bad losses. To me, bad, a bad loss, losing to a team that's below 500, a team you shouldn't lose to, that is a red flag and that is a worry and that is going to drop you. And then you know, everything in the middle—you know, quality wins are good. Quality losses aren't bad necessarily. Losing to a really great team, like a Simeon or whatever, isn't bad. Although you will look at how close you know a team played them. You know, that is definitely a factor. Like, I was pretty disappointed with how West Aurora played Curie um, at Pontiac. That was not great for them, even though losing to Curie is no shame. Third is form. That's how hot a team currently is, what their last few games are. So if you take the Romeoville thing, yes, they've got the talent definitely to be in the Super 25, probably the top 15. Resume, don't have it anymore. You know, they've got a nice win over Joliet Central. Uh, They beat Farragut. They do not have a resume better than 50 other teams out there because of their recent form, which is losses to Leo and Thornton. Leo and Thornton are something like 13 and 11 combined this season. Yeah, Leo's hot now and stuff. But you put those three things together and you determine where a team should be. There's some other factors like has this team been ranked all year? And they're not really getting it done. Meanwhile, I've got four teams on the outside with similar resumes. Maybe it's time to give them a shot. That kind of thing comes in sometimes, especially late in the season. Um, I'm trying to think if I've left anything out. Um, I guess Morgan Park is a good example of talent level. Yeah, they beat a bunch of unranked teams and won the Dipper. But, you know, they've got their record back over five hundred, and that's when that top-tier... Factor talent kicks in. I think anyone with eyes knows that Morgan Park has the talent of a top ten, probably top five team. So it's easier for them to get back up in the rankings when they pick up some steam and, and get some wins. And then you're gonna have a team like Wheaton Warrenville South, which I think had a pretty good, you know, Bloomington tournament. They lost to Juliet Central in like triple overtime or whatever. But their overall talent level is just kind of gonna keep them down in the rankings and. Till they do something like last year, when they're winning every game, and they'll slowly move up. So it's basically, it's an interesting kind of game. You gotta, you want the best teams up top, but you don't just want to give teams anything. They have to earn it. You have to watch the resume and the form.
1: Yeah, a couple of things. You know, I do a preseason rankings, which that's strictly based on opinion and what you think is going to happen. Much different than when you have results and a resume two ranked teams. Now, periodically, like right now, I'm working on a power rankings, just kind of a mid-season where they're at. Um, But, you know, looking at your job this year in particular on a weekly basis and a collection of teams that it's just, and and maybe you'll learn this going forward, but it's, I would, I'm guessing that when the season ends, from week to week this will be one of your most challenging years of trying to rank teams week by week simply because of the amount of losses there's not going to be a ton of teams sitting out there we're not going to have last year i mean niles north could go run the table maybe but you know we're not going to have like the friends and the wheaton south and the bowling brooks and the i mean teams that never lost it's just not they're they're not built and wired this year to be that and that kind of makes rankings a little easier. you still got to balance some things. But I, I just think – and the other thing of fans, and I know they get uproar about rankings, but, I mean, the – the, the and, I, and I encourage it because it makes it fun and debatable, and that's what high school basketball is a good part of it. But, like, the, the hang-up on 17 versus 13 or, you know, why isn't this team ranked in the top 10 and they're 12 and things like that. Uh, and then the the idiocy of, and, and I'm being rude probably to some listeners, but it just common sense of, I mean, I saw a debate real quick on who should be number one um, this week. There is, I mean, as of right now, January, the first week in January of this season, there's there's not a, I mean, it's not even close of who should be number one. Uh, not, not to say that Simeon can't lose, uh, but... They're clear, they haven't lost to an Illinois team. Their average victory margin is 24 points. They've beaten ranked teams by double digits. It's clear cut. But So, yeah, we go on and on about uh, of team rankings. I just think this year is going to be particularly difficult and challenging going forward.
0: Yeah, last year was bad, and this year is already worse. I guess one thing I didn't mention, and this is something where I know some of the previous people who did this job for the Sun-Times have taken into account a lot more than me, and that's kind of geographical representation. I know that some people used to really. Oh yeah, they used to say, "Well, they're the best team in the mid-suburban league, so they need to be in there, Um, especially in preseason and in the final rankings." I think less so during the year, but no, you'd still see it, and it's something that crosses my mind occasionally. But I really don't. I don't do that at all. I mean, I don't feel like I need to have a north suburban or a northwest suburban team in here. if I don't think they're as good, if they don't have the resume. But that's something that I know other people in the past have done. I I can see a point to it, I guess. You want to keep your readership engaged. Um, How about this question?
1: Uh, How much do you take the eye test when it comes to Team A beats Team B? You know for a fact Team A... Not for a fact, but I mean, if they played 10 times, Team A... I'm, okay, real quick. Team A beats <laughs> Team B, all right? Uh, team A is worse than Team B. Team B is clearly the more talented team, the higher-ranked team, but Team A got them. And you know in your heart that Team B would win 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 times. How do you handle that?
0: That happened this year. I'm not afraid to name names. Um well, like, I, I could name uh, my, my college example is just Butler yeah.
1: beat Villanova, right? Yeah. Um, Let, no, let's Villanova. just go
0: right to Hill. It's, not, it's high school. Romeoville Hillcrest. We were both there. Hillcrest outplayed them. Hillcrest was winning that game. Um, Hillcrest got technical fouls called on down Houston. It changed the game it was right at the end. Those technical foul. We were there four shots because two different mm. things that changed the game. That's why Romeoville won. I think everybody there knows that, but Romeoville got the win, and they have that Hillcrest win, and I feel like Hillcrest would have beaten them, especially that day, eight out of ten times. Um, well, see,
1: I, when I, that's a little, I mean, I guess we have a different opinion. I don't think that's, you think Hillcrest beats Romeoville eight out of ten times?
0: On that day, they would have. You know, I'm just saying, who, if who they in 10 a month, times, I
1: think it's... I don't know, six to four or whatever. I mean, it,
0: obviously uh, with Romeo, it only depends on when you play them. I'm <laughs> Sometimes
1: they're great. Of, I'm trying to think of a particular game.
0: But I, I think to me, I mean, I can answer the question. You have to v- recognize and value the result and the win. And you can keep it in the back of your mind that you know that team outplayed them, you know they could do it. I think young Juliet West for me was a very personal example last year. When Joliet West was clearly better on the floor at your event than Young, but they couldn't hit a free throw to save their life. And that's why they lost that game. You know, they missed what, fifteen or twenty free throws or something. So in the back of my mind, you know Joliet West can play with the best and could could have beat them, but they didn't. They didn't get the result. So you can't yeah. reward it.
1: I my biggest thing with the rankings is when that when that game that I described happens that, that team that you know is Probably clearly better doesn't plummet in rankings. Um, and I'm trying to think of, I don't even know of an example, but um,
0: yeah, there was one. Th- that makes sense. I mean, yeah. anyway, if you play somebody close, basically losing to somebody good close isn't, uh, that's a positive almost depending on where you were going in. But when you get whooped by somebody good or you lose to someone, you know, inferior, that's going to hurt. And that's what a lot of teams are experiencing now. I, you know, we lost eight teams. I guess the other thing was, since it's timely, I don't care what your team did in consolation play. It doesn't matter to me at all. I don't want to hear about it. It, it just does not matter. I know there's going to be coaches out there that say, oh, well, that's what we turned our season around. We made a run into the consolation title game at Pontiac or Proviso. And you know what? That's cool. Good, good for you. But 99% of the time... Winning that third place or fifth place game is zero indication. I, I've learned this the hard way over the years of how a team is going to do during the season. I mean, I, Hillcrest had a great... Didn't Hillcrest lose some consolation game to somebody? Um, this year? Yeah, they, they played great. They almost beat Whitney Young, but then they went and lost the consolation game. See,
1: I, I'll disagree with you in saying... You said 99% doesn't matter. I, <laughs> I'll be like, try to be exact. I think like... 70% of the time it doesn't matter. Just because I've seen certain high-level games with my own eyes that I know that are being – and it's usually at a Pontiac or a Proviso, somewhere where really good teams really get dumped into the loser's bracket. Um, but I've seen high-level games with my own eyes that I can really gauge something from. And that's why I think sometimes they do matter. Not all time. And there's games that are lemons – they look the part of a consolation game. You can tell the teams don't want to be there, or one team does, and one team – I get that happens. But I've seen a lot of – and I go to loser – you don't go to loser bracket games as much as I do simply because I'm going to watch prospects a lot of times. Yeah,
0: I avoid them like the play.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. and, but I will go to get a, good, a, a look at some players. And there are some that I, I take some value from as far as a team.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hillcrest goes in... Okay, this is their proviso. They beat Trier in the first round by eight. Um, then in the second round... Sorry, I'm going to get lost here. They beat um, Bogan by four, 66-62. That's two good teams they've disposed of. Then they go and take Whitney Young, one of the best teams in the state, down to the wire. Lose 54-52. to that is a heck of a holiday tournament run. You beat two very good teams, almost knocked off the defending state champs in a class above you. Then they go out in the third place game and get their butts kicked by Uplift, 69-54. to An Uplift team that was just embarrassed and run off the court, you know, in their well, game that mattered.
1: There's definitely examples. And yeah, and I'm supposed to that factor that in?
0: No, <laughs> I, I, mean... I, I
1: agree. I, I just, um, I, I've just taken into account some of the games that I do happen to see, we're like, okay. And, and it left a lasting impression on me and, and how I think that team will fare a week from now or two weeks from yeah, now. Yeah, you can
0: see, and, and the good will be good. If you do make a nice run, that's a positive for you. And if you flame out, that's a negative, I get it. But a, a team, we've talked about this too much. It's just, yeah, I don't, I just don't understand. I, I know people want to play games and stuff, but no other sport does this.
1: Although, Mike, when we, we'll be sitting in February, I, I can guarantee you this, and if you're gonna deny it, shame on you.
0: Did I say a team beat somebody? Yes. I have. I'll show you my book. I have asterisks by all the consolation. games. No,
1: I know for a fact because it's happened before. Oh no,
0: I'll say it, but I'll say, it, and then I'll say, but it wasn't a consolation game. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: I mean, I, yeah. I, but I mean, when we talk about, okay, look at their resume, and we named the beat this team, this team, and this team. I mean, there's some good teams that get some good wins and on paper. In yeah. a consolation bracket game is what I'm saying.
0: And, and you and, right.
1: and when I – I know this for a fact for myself. I can, You can blame me. I, I do this ridiculous thing in end of January, beginning of February that has become a big thing with coaches even calling and asking – not calling and asking, but just wondering when it's coming out. I seed the sectionals. Yeah. And right before the seeding meetings. And it, it's, it's fun. I, I do a ton of homework, a ton of research. And I don't use the asterisk. I, I do include all those. I just go down my book just like you have, and, um, and and those games count for me. So anyway, like you said, we've spent too much time. We are on a record pace. If if we've got one question, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the rankings could be an episode. We could shut it down right now and have one episode right now on that, and start up again with a new one. But, uh, yeah, let's.
0: Uh, Brady Roberts has a couple questions. Um, Says he saw Lincoln Park beat Lane Tech, and he saw him beat DePaul at Hinsdale Central this past week. He was very impressed by Terrence Shannon. He's always a threat to score and has a solid presence on defense, along with Chris Roberts, Bill Flowers, Tahir Thompson, and the Habib brothers. This is probably one of the most exciting teams I've seen all year. Are the Lions a legitimate threat and contender in the dreaded Riverside-Brookfield sectional with Curie, Young, Fenwick, Oak Park, St. Joseph,
1: and Schurz? Great question, and he's spot on with almost everything. They are exciting. I got to watch them a game and a half at Innsdale Central. Terrence Shannon is a – well, I've got a thing coming out in uh, a story in the next 24 hours or so, looking back at the whole holiday tournament, and the breakout team is Lincoln Park. And that started with their win over Whitney Young right before the holiday tournaments. And you could argue he wasn't the breakout player, but, but – was because he is a six five six six long agile wing who is an exciting player multi-dimensional versatile kid now the question was can they be a threat what, what i took from it mike was oh my gosh the toughest sectional just got yeah, tougher yeah <laughs> because lincoln park is for real i i, I fully believe they are a team that now I'm not going to say they're going to win the public league. I might, they might even get to the. I mean I don't think they'll get to the final four, but I think they are a team that on a given day, as they showed against Whitney Young, can beat just about anybody. And they are talented enough, and they are by far. I mean I I'm pretty sure I didn't have them. I'd have to go double check. I don't think I included them in my top 80 in the preseason i i I double check on that but yeah they are by far that one team that is way better than i ever dreamt they would be or thought they would be
0: yeah they're you know they've been an interesting case the last few years i know a lot of years i will be the lincoln park uh representative on the podcast they've had the talent in place for a while but things just have gone wrong they had a lot of eligibility issues last year. Then they got in the fight, I think, it with Julian. That had kids out for a while, and they never recovered. Terrence Shannon was hurt last year, so that was part of their problem. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a very good football player. I, I you know, I covered a few Lincoln Park games last. I talked to him. He wasn't sh- even sure which sport he wanted to play in college. He's a really good wide receiver. Um, so he, I knew. He, I thought he was going to have a nice big year. My thing with Lincoln Park is. I believe in their highs, you know. I didn't think they could beat Young, but I knew they were going to be a really, especially since Pat Gordon's been there and with the talent, it's just so up and down. You know, I'm afraid that they're going to get knocked off.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean they have Price. a 21 point loss to Loyola this year. Yeah, Loyola's good though. I mean, a solid team. They lost to Orr by 20, uh, lost to Ignatius by 13. But I mean, since that loss to Orr, they have rattled off uh, seven of eight wins, including wins over Young. Marion Catholic, St. Charles East, and DePaul Prep in a asterisk game. Yeah, I mean, it's and, uh, and, but, and that gym
0: is a nightmare to play in. Nightmare. What gym? Lincoln oh, Park. Oh, Lincoln is. Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, and then they play Bowling Brook to a three-point game and a loss. That loss, compared to those other losses, are kind of way we talked to your point earlier, is a pretty good loss. You, you, you go against a Bowling Brook yeah. team that was expected to win and you lose by three. I, I just... Yeah, I just think there's more validity validity to them this year than maybe the past couple years, and partly is is because of a healthy Shannon and what he brings. He brings a whole different dimension. Uh, as you know, he's a potential all-area player.
0: Um, and yeah, Chris Roberts. I think it's from Kenwood. I was told.
1: Um, Roberts is a blinding speed with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's a little wild. He can get out of control. As a junior with the, the Division One future, uh, and, and yeah, he is a weapon. What do you have? Forty
0: in that win against Young? Yes, yeah, something that? like that. 34, 43, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, he was so, a big factor. No, um,
1: it's it, they going to be. It's going to be interesting. That that sectional. Think about that sectional, Mike, real quick. Like the, what that does to seating purposes. That win over Young.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it's you know, huge. And,
1: and, and what? I don't know. I mean, where where do you? Is, begin seeding one through eight in that sectional.
0: Is this a? Do we have to give yeah. credit to the new super conferences? What, what if maybe the
1: opportunity and chances to yeah. out and prove itself instead of hammering things out in the red, the old red north?
0: I mean, if they don't, don't beat yeah, the, if they don't beat Young, do they even go on this? Maybe they do go on the Ronan Hensel Center, but that had to be a huge confidence boost. Maybe giving some of these teams a chance to play. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Well, I mean, that's one of the, p- the points of it. I mean, the, there was dozens of reasons why people hated it. Yeah. But there were one or two I would hear, and that was one of them. Will it allow a program that to rise to another level by giving the opportunity and chance to play with the big boys?
0: Yeah, I guess, and like for listeners who don't understand, um, a year ago, Lincoln Park would have been in the Red North with no other ranked teams uh they would have maybe had a chance to play somebody else at a neutral venue um uh, at a shootout or something but there was no way in heck they were going to get any Red West Powers to come into their gym and play an actual home game against a Young or an Orr Or whoever and now with the new setup with the Red Northwest the teams are together they're going to get this chance every year and maybe it's a nice change um all right what can you tell uh, Brady's got a couple more uh Good questions. What can you tell us about Aurora Christian? The Eagles had a great week in Bloomington, making a statement that they are the team to beat in 1A. How do you see them stacking up against the rest of the field in 1A, such as Providence, St. Mel, Anawan, East Dubuque, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I um,
0: – Tell me I all about that. East Dubuque, Joe.
1: Well, I got to – Well, first of all, I don't think any either of us can talk about how they match up with those 1A schools. So we'll get that out of the way. We, Mike and I just – I don't know anything about Anawan. But um, they're 13 and they 0 Jake Wolf sent me a tweet saying, beat the odds. Uh, very, well, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had an odds. It, 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 that's cool because I you know, I put odds out on what teams before the holidays. I think there were 10 unbeaten teams, and Roar Christian had, I, don't, I don't think it was 12-1 odds or something to stay unbeaten. Now, this tournament had eight teams with either zero or one losses in it. That they went and, and got this job done. Jake Wolf's are their top player, 6'4, senior, averaged 18 a game down there at the tournament. Uh, but they beat a good Winnebago team that was unbeaten with a Division I big man and Andrew Morrissey. Um, so they, they have multiple guys that can knock down shots. Will Wolf, Jake Wolf's younger brother, uh, the sophomore, long can shoot it, versatile kid. Taj Davis is a returning guy. I mean, this team reached sectional final last year and obviously a ton back. Uh, Jake Wolf was going to Lipscomb a small division one school. So this is definitely a team with obviously with capabilities of bringing home hardware from Peoria and small schools.
0: Yeah. I hope they will get out to see them certain soon. They're on my list. Uh, Providence St. Mel, uh, you know, I have seen them a couple times now and I'll probably be going to see them on Friday. They're interesting cause they don't have a great record. They've lost some games, but there is a ton of talent there for one. A, uh, they're a force. I guess I would be surprised if Aurora Christian was better than them. Is that wrong? Do you think? But
1: yeah, I, I do. Okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that they. I, I mean, I'm not saying that they, um, the Saint Mel can't beat Aurora Christian. I'm just saying that Aurora Christian's good. Um, and and you know how this goes, Mike. I mean, let's say this team. I mean, I, I haven't looked at their schedule, but let's just say they go. or 25-27-1. You you, you just build off this stuff. You build off this tournament championship. Roar Christian upgraded the schedule simply by going to the State Farm Classic because that is a solid, small-school basketball tournament. And you go around the table there, that helps you as a team, and it builds some mojo and and confidence going forward. And you get on that roll, you go into March, and, and as long as you're a capable team, I, yeah, I mean I think Aurora Christian um I mean I think your point was St. Mel's better than Aurora Christian. Probably.
0: I uh, or... yeah, I think they probably are.
1: Yeah, I, I, talent-wise, they could be. I just think from you put them on a court one game in March, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit if Aurora Christian beat St. Mel.
0: Yeah, I mean this is I mean Providence St. Mel, for example, last year they were in 2A And they went to the sectional final in 2A. I think they lost to Collins in that thing, but they knocked off a pretty good U-high team that had just beaten Leo. I don't know. Yeah, I like a 2A sectional title team with everyone back over. But I haven't seen a real Christian, so it'll be fun. We will see. Um, Next up, um, Brady, another good question that's worth reading because they're going to be talked about, I think, quite a bit. Uh, How about Glenbrook South? I went to see the Titans back in early December against Glenbrook North and saw some raw talent, but the chemistry just wasn't there. That was was kind of a weird sentence for me to read. I didn't know Glenbrook South had the raw talent, but who knew? Last week, they did a complete 180, coming up too short against Waukegan with a chance to send it to overtime or win it at the end, while also beating St. Viator, Fremd, and Coach Ralston's former team, Geneva. A lot of that was consolation action, but anyway. They looked confident, cool, and mature against some really good competition. Is it possible to see a consistently solid Glenbrook South squad going forward with Phil Ralston at the helm? Highly recommend checking them out at the Titan Dome.
1: I will say I don't know enough about their personnel. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to. I do know Phil Ralston had a big-time winner at Geneva here in recent years that they clearly had an identity at Geneva with him as coach. And to, to some degree, they overachieved, and, and that's a credit to him. Uh, also, there was always questions pertaining to Geneva. I think you and I even brought it up because their schedule in the past has not been real good. And But the bottom line is Geneva won and won big with Ralston. And the only thing I'll say is when that job popped open in Glenbrook South and I had talked to a few coaches that were either going for it or interviewing for it or um, that are in that area, they kind of, I was surprised that they all kind of mentioned this sleeping giant of Glenbrook South, which I, who knew that? I mean, I, that there was the potential to win there, which I just didn't know. And so I don't know if the personnel was better than we all thought going in. Uh, but a lot of credit obviously goes to the first-year coach there, Phil Rawson,
0: Yeah, and you know you look at the scores they've had this season. They opened the season with a six-point loss to Naperville Central. No, no shame in that. Then they lost to Zion Benton by eight. Uh, they have a Buffalo Grove loss by six. I mean, the theme is here. They were in every game. You know, they were right there. They beat Grayslake Central. They did get beat bad by Evanston, but other than that. All their games, they were in them, you know, right until the very end. And even, like, New Trier, they lost by one point. Um, So, yeah, I guess we should have been maybe noticing that a little bit more than we did, that Phil Ralston has had an instant impact. And like Joe said, I don't know the personnel either. But, yeah, they're a team I will make a point of getting out to see this season. And I love the Titan Dome. It's awesome. It's probably an underrated gym that we don't really talk about much. So, it is. Uh, it is a cool place. I think the nor- that school district pays pretty well. Yeah, I mean that was a highway. Yeah, so A uh, uh, job
1: that you know the district pays well, and like then when you combine because they haven't had a good run of basketball. I mean Jack Cooley. It's been forever. Yeah. I mean that was a while ago, and then I mean it's like they won big, ever. Uh, so yeah, I mean you combine the basketball opportunity with the pay pay scale of the district, and it's a good job.
0: All right, next question, Vladi Azor says, do you think Niles North has a legitimate shot of making it far in March? Will their weaker schedule hurt them in the long run? I believe they deserve more attention and credit for how well they're playing. Thoughts?
1: Yes, they can make a run. There's no question about that. I mean, they've been preseason. Everyone's top 10, top 5 all year long, and they've lived up to the billing. They just got Jamal Stevenson back. The only thing I took away from Wheeling, now we're starting to get into some of our <laughs> – conversations for the holiday tournaments but I, I really wanted niles north to have different matchups than they or at least they didn't play a ranked team uh at not only did they not play a ranked team they didn't even play a team that i think will ever be ranked and maybe prospect will sneak in the liberty Libertyville got ranked oh they did okay yeah. but i don't know if Libertyville has the staying power to stay ranked my, my point is I, I still don't – I mean, I, I don't question Niles North's talent. I don't question uh, their capability and potential. I just – I, I want to see a little bit more against – and, again, this is talking when we get down to super sectionals and into Peoria and things like that. I, I believe they're as good as anybody that not named Simeon and could play with anybody and beat anybody not named Simeon. Yeah. And that's, I, what, I, that's what I believe right now. But – There's still some work to do.
0: I I think I've had this question a lot. Like, just people I know that I'll see in gyms and, and on Twitter, everybody is very curious about Niles North. I think they have a misperception about Niles North's kind of talent level. This is not a team where after you see them you're wondering if you know it's not like great coaching and some smart guyly tough players that are getting this done. They, it's that fremd? Yeah, exactly. This is Bolingbroke from last year. You know they don't have that kind of size, but this is a team that yeah they can definitely do it. There's no doubt about it. Um, everything Joe said is totally true. So if you haven't seen Niles North yet, they're, they're not your typical um, you know niles north team which it's kind, of, it's kind of a weird thing to say because they've been good for a decade now
1: well that's why I, I mean and i know you didn't intend it to mean it this way by any means i know you didn't uh as far as this isn't good coaching i mean glenn olsen i know you know this and i mean you look at what he's niles north basketball was non-existent yeah non-existent when glenn Olson took over and I, I've written about it in the past here of just the success rate, the average twenty plus win seasons, the uh they won a sectional championship, they've they've had some individual talent. So I mean the program has completely done a one eighty. And to your point of being this is a athletic team with speed, quickness, and talent. And it's just you know, their schedule, they beat Evanston, it's their probably their best win. They beat DePaul Prep. Uh those two wins are the. are, are I mean, they got some other nice wins, but, you know, are they going to even have an opportunity to play a top 10 team? I mean, aside from maybe an Evanston, yeah, that's... you know, DePaul Prep going forward. But their league is, you know, their league is good. I mean, that's a good basketball league.
0: Yeah, having to play Maine South and Evanston on the regular is going to be is fine. And yeah, Glenn Olsen, I mean, they've had several college basketball players he's produced, an NBA player. How many schools can say that? you know, mm-hmm. around the area. So yeah, he has turned it into a monster and it's a program that should be getting more respect. I think on a an annual basis than they do. Right,
1: because yeah, all my pieces I've written in the last year or two is the underrated Niles North program or the overlooked job that Glenn Olson has done or the, and it gets to that point where you got to quit saying that because it's, it's, it's a comic. regular thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. But as far as um, Vladi, I think we've given them a ton of attention. I've covered them. As much or more than Simeon.
1: And I've written those those underrated Overlook (laughs) stories a number of times. So, yeah, I I, I think Niles Ortha has gotten their, their due.
0: Yeah, aside from me jumping on the team bus and heading over everywhere with them, I don't know what else you want. But, all right, next up, Jeffrey Doherty, hello and happy new year. Looking to see if you can share your next five teams out of the top 25 that are on the rise based on holiday tournament results. Uh, that is super easy, Jeff, because I have my sheet right here of who uh, did not. Well, I mean, and him. it's hard
1: to do. I mean, he's, I don't know. I, I just, it's hard to get, and this goes back to our topic of how hard it is. I mean, there's more than five that will creep into that five that we're talking about. You know, I'm looking Man, at this it's just most endless.
0: Of yeah, most of them got in. So, yeah, I guess you got to talk about the teams that just dropped. Larkin, Romeoville, Nutrier, Proviso East, St. Viator, Bennett, Willowbrook, Prospect. I think they'll all probably be back. Wait,
1: name that list again slowly. These
0: are the teams that dropped out. Larkin, Romeoville, Nutrier, Proviso East, St. Viator, Bennett, Willowbrook, and Prospect.
1: I have five of those I guarantee will be back in at some point. And then the other ones... Um, I think Bennett will have a tough time getting back in, uh, prospect. They're going to need some wins, a long string of them. Uh, we'll do one more. Yeah. I think most of those will get back. Yeah.
0: Prospect was an interesting one because I didn't, they were, it's kind of funny that out of all those you know, t- teams I just mentioned, Prospect was the one that almost stayed. They were Because they really didn't have a bad loss over the holidays, and, but they were 25, and I needed to get, you know, the teams that were added were Batavia, Brother Rice, Conant, Leo, Libertyville, Lincoln Park, North Lawndale, and St. Rita. You know, because they did too well in holiday tournaments to be...
1: Well, and Prospect denied. is a team that doesn't have a single bad loss. Exactly. They lost to Evanston, St. Viator, Niles North, and Waukegan. So they don't have a single bad loss. They don't have a great win, though.
0: That's the issue. Libertyville, Stevenson, and um, Geneva, Geneva are their wins. So they, they they drop. Yeah, that's a team that easily could have stayed in the rankings if some of these other outliers didn't have a great time. But um, they're doing
1: better than I anticipated, too. I mean, uh, they lost a lot from last year, prospected a ton. And indeed. here they are. I mean, that's a that's a great job they've done there.
0: Yeah, David Suedera has had quite a season um, yep. from what I read. All right, last question, Jack Lydon. Michael and Joe, with tournament season giving way to conference play, what is your outlook for the Catholic League Blue?
1: I think it's interesting, Mike, that the teams that were, I don't know, maybe not the word struggle, but I mean, Brother Rice is 0-2 in the league, and they made it to the championship game at York. St. Rita was a scuffling loser's 7 of 8, now all of a sudden – you know, they're back in the picture and they're and zero in the league and they had to ball prep this Friday. So some teams that maybe were afterthoughts, you know, because of their starts, whether it be a league play like brother rice or St. Rhea's overall play are now. Hmm. All right. Loyola went and won a title. They're 11 and two down in Florida. They went four and And then the one I think that's ready to drop is St. Joe has got off to a two and zero start. I think they're going to fall, but I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to. There's going to be a lot of beating up of each other in that league, but I still think the defending champs are going to be there at the end. Fenwick.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's safe to say that Fenwick might not be quite as good as I thought they were to start the year. They're a little more human um, than I imagined, so that has made things a little bit more interesting. Uh, DePaul Prep has played well. But yeah, like you said, uh, Loyola is a team that almost did make the rankings. They're one of the ones that were out. I was actually being nice to them because the last couple of years whenever I put Loyola in the rankings, they immediately lose. I think they're on like a four year string of that. Um, so not quite yet for the Ramblers. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if it's hard to get excited about this conference, or really care what's going to happen because it just I feel like somebody just made it yesterday. <laughs> and they're, they're, it's like, yeah, who's gonna win? Yeah, this but thing? I, I, <laughs> I,
1: I, 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 disagree in that that it's really good because now I mean, this is a good lead. I mean, it's a, oh I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying that's it's, why I think it's intriguing to see it, which one of these teams can come up. Yes, Benwick has the best player in the league, DJ Stewart. They probably have the best talent on paper. Rick Malnati is one of the best coaches in the business. All that, but can one of these teams knock that? I, I find it intriguing. There, there, there's not a ton of storylines, Mike, that I'm really excited about in the second half of the season. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that That's a basketball. <laughs> well, alrighty then. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, I what's one of them though? I, I just think it's going to be fun to see if. You know, they can knock Fenwick off its perch, whether it be Loyola or, or you know, St. Rita or Brother Rice. I mean, I, I like this Brother Rice team. I know I keep talking about them all the time, and they've lost several games. Uh, but they've played a heck of a schedule. And I, I just think there's teams in this league that, you know, can do it. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think Fenwick is going to. Because I think Fenwick is a much better team right now. I think they're just starting to kind of piece these things together. I mean, the fact that Fenwick lost to Bennett uh, back in Thanksgiving time or November or whenever they lost to him, you know, that that still just shocks me. But (laughs) having seen Fenwick play then early on, you know, including the Oak Park game and seeing them play right now and and talking to some people that have watched them, I just think they're kind of starting to – and they played Orr, lost to him by three, and then in other consolation games, but pounded Larkin and beat Bogan by double digits. So, And and they just ripped apart Proviso West. They beat Brother Rice prior to the break. So it, it's a team that I think is going to just continue to get better as they find their way, finding out how to win. And, and, and when you lose two anchors like Jacob Keller and uh, Jamal Nixon.
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, and for the listeners, they did just create this league this year. And from what I hear, it might not be this next year. So
1: well, they got to
0: figure that out. What right? am I supposed to give a crud? <laughs> it is
1: what it is. It's the league of the top
0: teams in the Catholic League. I know, That's but Catholic League, figure out your stuff. I mean, true. Figure okay. out what you're doing. So, Everyone so, loves right. making fun of the CPS. I mean, they've made one significant format change. It's just, this is ridiculous every year.
1: 100% agree with that. 100%. But I take it for what it is right now, which is the, the best Catholic League teams in one conference.
0: It is. And that's cool for I like that. the, the five months it for exists. 2017, ever. <laughs> yeah. 2018. I'm going to live it up the
1: Catholic <laughs> League, having the, the best teams in one league, figuring it all out. No tournament that nobody cares about at the end no two divisions no it's it is what it is catholic league blue there is your support from the hoops report
0: all right let's get into we're finally gonna get into the uh hits and misses holiday tournaments we're gonna run through these things starting off with what used to be the the big boy proviso west which i've tried to stay excited about it and i've tried to go every year i don't know joe
1: well, the miss the hits and misses. The biggest miss is this, and I don't want to make it sound too drastic and it sound so negative, but the continued downward spiral of the Proviso West Holiday Tournament. And it's it's partly due to the beast that it once was, because it was, I mean, it was, oh my gosh, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and just some memorable players and games. It just isn't that anymore. And and it's and and from I am telling you, from the moment they changed, it has never been the same ever since they went to the ridiculous thirty-two teams, back dark gym, fieldhouse court, It's never recovered. Teams left, teams fans soured on it. You know we were um, we were uh, a few points away, Mike, from having an all-public league semifinal at Proviso West. Yep. hillcrest beat i can't remember what they beat but bogan or
0: bogan anyway yep.
1: I, I mean yes those are four really good teams i would love to see battle it out but i see it in the public league and i'm going to see it again in the public league playoffs why do i want to see four public league teams i know it's three out of four but playing in a semi-final of the marquee event proviso west that's my miss i just it doesn't have the feel, the sense of, of what it once was, and it is a—it's a public league holiday tournament.
0: Yeah, it's a and it's bad for business. It's bad for my business. It's just not good. Proviso West needs—we need that premier Chicago area holiday tournament to get everybody excited about high school basketball for the next few months. Even it's just such a necessary thing, and I agree, Joe. That yeah, it hasn't been the same since '32, but I think. Uh, the people currently in charge of the Proviso West Holiday Tournament did not make that decision. It is no. the no, people sure. who are currently in charge of the Hinsdale Central Holiday Tournament that made that decision uh, to go Correct. to 32. Uh, and I do think it's Kelvin Davis who's in charge now, the AD at Proviso West. It looked two years ago really like things were going to really fall apart. I think he's managed to like plug the complete leakage, but yeah, things need to change for sure. Their needs. And also,
1: when you hear people talking about leaving all the time, or, hey, where should we go, Joe? Think of another tournament. I, numerous teams are either in and out, ready to leave, getting tired of it. And, and that's too bad, because, I mean, it's such a staple in our state's basketball history. It yeah. really is. and
0: yeah, No doubt, yeah. Getting an invite used to be like, it meant you were a program that had kind of arrived.
1: Right. And you just... Ache to get in there, and, and the and the bright lights I and mean, the crowds were. I mean, there was an okay crowd. I went to the championship game; it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, maybe half full. Uh, well, and and the, yeah. the idea of a Proviso West semifinal night or a championship game where that gym either isn't full or close to being full, and there was a buzz and electricity there. I still, I mean, ah. And here's some,
0: some the, yeah some free advice. For Proviso West in any holiday tournament. Just stop the money grab. Stop the high security. Proviso West, and this was a problem even before 32 teams. I remember years, I don't even know, pre-podcast, but I remember Proviso West cheerleader had left her seat uh, and was not allowed back into the seating area to watch a game because she didn't have her ticket stub or can't go up there. What This police state mentality... Where, where they're just trying to take advantage of everybody and squeeze every inch out of everybody's wallet. I had a fan in the early session this year come over to me and tell me that his chips and water was six fifty or something. I mean that's ridiculous. You, you need you want this to be a pleasant experience for fans, a place they want to come. They will gladly pay to come. No one's no one is arriving at the Proviso West Holiday Tournament trying to sneak in and cheat you out of your money. Proviso West or any holiday tournament. Can we maybe give the fans the benefit of the doubt and maybe not try and rip them off at every point so they have a positive experience? Because that's when I see other places. I mean, if you wanted to sneak into Pontiac, guess what? you could <laughs> it wouldn't be very difficult and it's same thing I felt the same way when I was I over there was at an Wheeling. honor system at Pontiac nobody would <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was over at Wheeling you know it was a great atmosphere everybody's having a fun time watching basketball it was normal high school concession stand prices and I mean it, it was like that everywhere I went same thing at York but at Proviso it's just it's I just feel like they've just wanted all of the fans money and that's all that mattered you know, for years, and so there needs to be just a sea change in motivation there, and the mood, and that kind of thing. And I think other things will follow if that happens. But okay, let's stop. My my, my
1: point I take from that is Mike O'Brien should never go to an AAU tournament. But go ahead.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess any uh, were your hits and misses? are like let's like, actual well, on court play here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, my biggest hit, Mike. I
1: I was so impressed with Orr in the championship game. Uh, against young i i i am i i wrote about it in my three-pointer column this week that's out now online in the paper but i mean the thought of anybody in class 2a touching this team is is you know laughable uh they are so physical and athletic that anybody, I'm not talking about 2A, nobody can match up with that, but Raekwon Drake and Danny Smith, I wrote about the, the best one-two punch of being Taylor Horton Tucker and and uh, Messiah Jones. Raquan Drake and Danny Smith at the high school level aren't too far behind. Uh, they were just dominant against Whitney in that championship game. So I, I took away from them as you know, of being a team that is going to be as good as we thought they were going to be uh, despite, you know, the loss to Danville and so forth, but yeah, that was my big hit. And then my, my miss one of my misses is this the scores of a couple of teams. Larkin and Uplift. Yeah. Uh, in the championship bracket of the second day. I mean Uplift won by thirty some points. And then came back the next day and lost by was it fifty or sixty? Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you figure that team out? I, I, I mean, you have a Kansas-bound guard. You've got other pieces, and you wallop uh, Larkin, a ranked team, and then just I, I, I can't figure. Yeah, uplifting. it
0: makes Larkin is a team I saw that took Young to the wire, you know, first week of the season. Um, and
1: Larkin uh, continuing on. Larkin loses to Uplift by 32 points. Larkin loses. I know it's a consolation bracket game. Loses to Fenwick by 25 points. But, I mean, that's where I think, Mike, a consolation game, if you're Larkin, you're like, okay, we just got embarrassed. I'm going to come back. We're playing a highly regarded team. Fenwick, DJ Stewart, we're going to bring it. And and to lose by 25 is disconcerting.
0: Yeah, they were – one of my the group of teams, kind of Larkin, Uplift, you talked about. Proviso East had a chance to really prove something here, and they didn't quite take advantage of it. They lost to Bogan. Um, I think they did all right in the loser's bracket games. Um, Nutrier is another team. You know, Hillcrest went on and played great, but Nutrier came in undefeated. I had a lot of people telling me they were too high in my rankings. You know, they were undefeated, so they'd slowly worked their way up. They couldn't quite take advantage of a chance to move into the winner's bracket. They lost to Hillcrest right away. Hillcrest was maybe, for a team that didn't even make the title game, I think they were the, a big winner in this tournament. Robert Harvey. Uh, I think Hillcrest really legitimized themselves because you got to remember they are 3A, and, mm-hmm. and there's not much going on there. I mean, I think Champaign Central also had a really good, well, I know they had a really good run in the holidays, but I think we're starting to see the top tier of 3A really establish itself. But Hillcrest is 100% better than I thought they were at the start of the year. Clearly, they were not ranked. And Robert Harvey started picking up a D1 offer Chicago State, I think, but um, big winner, Hillcrest. I think the other big winner there for me, like Joe mentioned, yeah, Fenwick. It it was Orr's closest game. We should mention that. I don't know if we did. I think they lost by three, but while Orr was destroying everyone else, Fenwick took him down to the wire, and that's a really good sign for them.
1: Yeah, I... It's just puzzling with some of those top... You know, you think about the preseason rankings. Um, None of those teams should be losing by 30, 40, 50 points.
0: No, it's... Yeah, that's shows a lack of some backbone all right next up Pontiac it was I will say on the record the worst Pontiac I ever attended uh basketball wise just yeah it just wasn't there Uh, Simeon was just too good for everybody and just nothing really worked out right there weren't that many there weren't hardly any close games it just it didn't have the usual kind of spark it did which is unfortunate but uh my big i mean obviously simeon huge great uh, it's a little depressing almost it's hard to see anyone else in 4a right now at their level just the way they just dominated curie in the title game
1: yeah i they are what i mean i i did my previous raking, you to yours, and i had simeon one because i and it was more of i don't want to say i guess but it was more of a upside potential of what i thought they could be and sure enough i mean and a big part of that mike was the belief that Taylor horton tucker would be who he is and if anybody was down in pontiac i mean they walked away saying oh my oh my gosh he he you know he was hyped up and 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 regarded as one of the better players and prospects in the class but he he was special uh and and it was about his presence. He just had a presence about him at Pontiac that screamed, "Go to take care of business." And I think that as a team is what was most impressive about Simeon. They didn't they didn't waste any moments. They they came ready to play every single game. wasn't even toying around, playing around. There wasn't getting you know waking up. It was just business throughout the three days at Pontiac. And that's what was so impressive to me. I mean, you you're crushing some good teams in this in this slate of teams that we have in our state right now. I mean, crushing St. Charles North. Um, you know, beating Danville by 25. Danville's good. Kendall Moore is a, a a special talent and Danville is one of the clearly one of the top 10 teams in Illinois in my mind. And they beat them by 25. And then you mentioned the Curie game. So, yeah, that's the, that's the big hit. Talen Horton Tucker slash Simeon to me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the other, Oak Park, I think, I was really impressed. I, I wasn't buying into their ranking that I had them at headed in. And it's important to note, you know, they did not have Deshaun Enoch. You know, that's not an excuse for anything. But if anything, it's a positive how well they played. They took Kyrie to the wire without their second-best player, arguably maybe their most important. He handles the ball so much. It made Isaiah Fuller have to kind of do a little bit of everything in the backcourt. But I think – Oak Park.
1: And beat Bloomington.
0: Yeah, I mean, they beat Bloomington. They took Curry down to the wire. I I was very impressed, and I think they are going to be more of a threat than I thought, especially, and even in that sectional, especially when Deshaun Enoch is back. He just had a concussion. Uh, I think it was a collision in practice, and Oak Park, I guess, has some pretty strict rules. So it was like a five-day concussion protocol. So he'll be back, and he'll be okay.
1: But, yeah, I've never seen more lopsided scores at Pontiac ever. I mean, it's his. Now there's a consolation game. I don't know. You probably didn't watch it. You didn't watch Oak Park the Anvil, did you? Nope. Okay. I just saw that score, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Nah. 20, the Anvil beat them by twenty some points, and yeah, Again, you you have, you know you lose. So it's even different at Pontiac, I think, because you lose that day. <laughs> you lose a semifinal game that day, and then have to come back and play. Yeah, uh, it's, what, it's West
0: even, Aurora was my miss. Missed opportunity. I mean, yeah, they lost to Curie, but I thought they were going to give him a game, you know,
1: and that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, West Aurora is kind of exactly who I thought they were uh, going into the season. I still think they're a really solid, good basketball team that's got a chance to do some damage in their sectional and win a conference championship along the way. I just, they aren't quite in that upper echelon of teams, and that kind of, to your point, was kind of proven here in that matchup with Curie they, they they battled I mean they 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 you know it wasn't like they were manhandled but uh, they just aren't quite in that upper echelon of, of top teams
0: yeah Trevon Brown played really well a guy we haven't talked about maybe ever in the podcast since he was a freshman um, but yeah he had a couple nice games showed you know a really nice shooting touch he's a smooth player somebody I'd, I'll be looking in a junior class where I think we need some help, <laughs> maybe that was a it was kind yeah. of a nice surprise. And, and, and
1: player wise, Chris Payton of Bloomington is going to oh, be. Yeah. I mean, he. I get all these games mixed up, but what I want the Oak Park game, I think, yeah. Uh, if those of you are in Chicago area aren't, they're playing Bloomington played up here at the Chicago Elite Classic. They played Saint Rita. They're coming back up uh, to the event I, I'm having at Glenbard East when sides collide. They will play young, and which should be a good one. But Chris Payton is six 6'6", junior, who physically is, is gifted. And I actually sat with the Illinois State coach, Dan Muller, during uh, half of that game. And, you know, uh, needless to say, he's pretty excited uh, <laughs> about having him committed this early. And the lo- he's a local kid, but he's a high-flying athlete with a great college-ready body who is a top-five prospect and kind of played like it. Uh, not kind of, he did play like it in that game.
0: Yeah, he was no doubt my second best player at the event after THT. Uh, he outplayed Kendall Moore, in my mind. I was very impressed. He looked like a senior. I think I even, my first draft of the story, I had him, I just wrote he was a senior because I keep forgetting because he's committed um, that he's only a junior. But yeah, he is, you know, you know, I've watched him since freshman year, you know, every year at Pontiac. Now, they, like you said, they're playing some other games, but very impressive. He is a load and a guy who should probably be getting a little bit more attention statewide.
1: And I'll, I'll rile up the Bennett faithful. I'm sorry. Uh, I hate to do it cause I know they're going to get edgy about this, but I, I did. I had not seen them play until Pontiac. Usually I always see Bennett play early in the year and their scores indicated to me something different than what I thought they were going to be. They beat Fenwick and that opened my eyes. Like what? Wow. I mean, I've, you know, a lot of these teams, Mike, I see during the summer and I can, you can't take a, you know, you can't really gauge a lot by the summer play, but you, you get a good feel. Like Roar Christian is an example. I saw Roar Christian play several times this summer and really liked him. So ben, Bennett was a team, I'm like, okay, this is finally going to be the year where Gene camp isn't a miracle worker. And, you know their scores, though, indicated I was going to be wrong. I mean, they lost it to Paul Prep by one. They beat Notre Dame. They beat York. I'm like, okay, and beat Fenwick, beat Hope Academy. But after watching them at Pontiac, they, again, they kind of are who they are as I thought they would be. They just, this is not as the same Bennett team anywhere close as we've seen. And, Anything they can do going forward, that can inch towards the twenty-win marker, which they're so accustomed to, is, is is terrific for them because they are limited. They turn the ball over a lot, which is very uncharacteristic of Bennett. So they got a lot of work to do. They're still going to be a thorn in a lot of people's sides. Don't don't get me wrong, but they are, just aren't the Bennett that we've we've grown accustomed to over the last five six
0: years. Yeah, I hadn't seen them until the tournament either, and it was not much to write home about. Let's move it on down to Richton Park. The Big Dipper had Morgan Park coming on in. They had maybe the biggest story of the week. Uh, Morgan Park and Thornton were unable to complete their semifinal game because of too much uh, hijinks and uh, stuff between allegedly Nick Irvin and Ty Streets. I'm not sure how much the players were involved. Um, So they had just called short that game. Morgan Park won it kind of the Adam Miller Fred Cleveland tournament huh
1: yeah that's my hit is Adam Miller I mean I have gone on record just praising Adam Miller and, and absolutely loving him as a prospect I've even said it's I could argue that he's the best prospect in Illinois regardless of class and somewhat slow start uh, Nick Irvin has really tried to push the envelope with him as far as okay you know I mean but you gotta remember this is a a tough move. Peoria, Chicago, high profile program. You're playing with the player of the year candidate and the top ranked senior at the same position, basically. They're both point guards, Adam Miller and Ile Desumu. So Ile's out right now with an injury, and Adam Miller, I mean he got hurt in the first game, and and uh Adam Miller just took over. And looking at his numbers, he shot the ball well. You know, he's got a feathery touch, Mike, and, and that's going to go a long way alone, but his natural uncanny ability to play that point guard position at his size, at 6'3", in his body. Adam Miller's a star, and he played like one at at the Dipper.
0: Yeah, he did. Because, um, yeah, he's somebody that he's – the issue is who he did it against. You know, Thornton, Leo, and Hammond. The, the knock people are giving him right now is in the big-time CPS games is where he struggled. So that has yet to be proven. Um, but he's got plenty. He will have several opportunities to do that um, coming up in the second half of the season in the city tournaments. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, Fred Cleveland's numbers, if you look at those, they're mind-blowing. I mean, what he's doing assist-wise while scoring, while he's – how tall is he? Five?
1: Five, six, four, five, six, five, yeah.
0: five I, I mean, what a player. I'm going to go see him on, on Friday again, looking forward to it. But he really controls the game. He is just a, a real star player that I know a lot of people have issues with because of his size. I hear it all the time. Um, Even against Morgan Park, and they get 20 points, five assists. Um, He's a real star standout player, and he's taken a program that we have not talked about much the last few years and gotten them into the Super 25. We'll see how long they can stick.
1: Yeah, and the one miss is obvious, Mike. I mean, this was a real opportunity for Romeoville. And, and again, I I still think they're – They're a talented team that has a big upside going forward. But, you know, you lose to Bowenbrook by, what was that, 20, 17, or I can't remember what it was. And, you know, I I was aching for this when the tournament started, a Romeoville-Morgan Park matchup. Didn't materialize. And losing two games, even if one of them was a consolation game, in, in a tournament that was, eh, you know. So... That, that that's my big miss take from there.
0: Yeah, you know, losing to Leo, it wasn't some horrible thing. I, it was just the 11 points No, point but margin. I mean, if you, yeah.
1: the amount of opportunities you've had is what I'm saying oh, so yeah. far this season. Hillcrest, which we talked about that game, still a win. uh you know, they beat Fairyt. Okay, uh, but I, I'm just saying if. If the talk is that they are this or that, top 10, whatever, then you, you need to take advantage of these opportunities.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And fans, uh, Romeyville fans are really getting impressive this year on Twitter. They're all over the place. Uh, maybe best to not start advocating for your team's ranking after they've dropped two games in a row. Hot tip. Um, anyway... Anything else? Uh, They're hungry, Mike. Yeah. Maybe wait until you've won a game (laughs) to come at me about rankings.
1: I think a big hit is the fact that there is a pulse at Bingo, yes. Uh, Just the fact that they are back. They secured Morgan Park. I don't know if Morgan Park will stay there. I have no idea. Um, You know, they clearly need to upgrade a team or two for sure. And it's not easy to do in the climate that we have in, in the holiday tournaments right now because, well, I mean, it, some of them get so locked in with their, with their, um, I'd almost like to, like to make a, some changes, like switch, like send some of the Jack Tosh teams over to the Dipper and a couple of Dipper teams over to Tosh and mix it up a little bit. But it is it is a, it's such a historical tournament in the south suburbs with such a vibe down there. That it still gives them something basketball wise to look forward to having it back a little bit.
0: Yeah, if they could just, you know, get rid of the Indiana teams, no offense, Indiana people, but I mean, that second day, if it had been basically anyone average from our area against Leo, then Farragut, Romeoville, Thornton, Rich South, and then Morgan Park against anyone average from our area would have been a way better look, you know, than. Right. Morgan Park, Hammond, and Leo Boone. But, yeah, step in the right direction, 100%. I med, met um, the guy in charge of the tournament, and, you know, he's trying. They did a nice job with the program this year. It was second best overall in my uh, program. I mean, Pro- program rankings. Six. Yeah. They, you know, it's important to have your history in there, which is an impressive history. It had a little, you know, gloss, a little thickness to it. Yeah. Um, And I thought the atmosphere was pretty good overall. When I got there, the crowd wasn't huge. But it was almost full for the uh, back-to-back Rich South and then the Morgan Park game. So that was nice to see. Yeah, it is. There's a pulse. It's on its way. Someone is in charge who cares, who did manage to get Morgan Park. And you know what? It's an interesting point here, too. They had 17 teams. So Morgan Park wanted out of Proviso, didn't know where to go. It was a last-minute thing. And a lot of people would have said no. We've got 16 teams because he couldn't. Instead, they find a way to make it work, you know, to get him in there, and that was important. And I hopefully the Big Dipper and Proviso West can continue
1: to get. And that. you made you made a point about the program. I, that's so underrated to me. Yes. <laughs> and all of this day and age, where all the things that, that over the years in our history that we've grown accustomed to has been taken away like the scores in the newspapers and uh just name it. Uh there still are these holiday tournament programs that still have value. They're still printed, they're still on paper. And those that can provide more history on their tournament and especially the ones with long, I don't care what tournament you are, whether you are Jack Tosh or the Dipper or Proviso or Plano, it if you can provide some sort of historical look at it, it's just, it's just good you, for the fans that go there and look and can think back to certain days or that they were there. Because a lot of these tournaments, Mike, you know, it there's people that go every year, and whether they have a kid playing or no association at all, they just go traditionally to a tournament and to kind of. I mean, that's what I've done. I've looked at some of these. Programs and look back at some of the games I was at or some of these memorable, you know, outcomes. The more history and data you can put in those things, it's just all the better.
0: Yeah, the Rich South or the Big Dipper had a really cool thing where they literally have a paragraph or more on every year um, from 1973 on. It's tiny little print, two pages, but it's really cool. I'm going to read the whole thing. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, they did a nice job. So that was good to see. Next up, Hinsdale Central. Mike's whipping boy. Uh, the pictures just depress me. I've never gone there, but like I saw a picture of the semifinals. Yeah, Come on, you can't.
1: It's a good, relaxing atmosphere. You Just go and chill out. Nobody.
0: L- yeah, <laughs> uh, listeners, the AAU people love this tournament. <laughs> the recruiting analysts. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> <lay> <laughs> <out>.
1: <laughs> It's it's uh, plenty of space. Nobody's like walking over you or bumping you, or you have to stand up to let them through. No, it's. Uh, it's
0: almost like they're playing yeah. just for you. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a private screening of DePaul St. Rita. It, it, you
1: know, if somebody's a fan of high school basketball who, and it loads a place like Pontiac, obviously Hinsdale Central is completely the opposite. It, You know, I don't go as far as, I mean, saying get rid of it. I like the tournament. I, I, I like the, I kind of like the mix of teams. I, you have Catholic League, you have South suburbs, you have East Suburban Catholic League, you have Western suburbs, you have the Northern suburbs. Geographically, it's got a nice mix of teams.
0: Totally. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have no problem with the field. Yeah. It's...
1: And then the competitive balance over the, I mean, Brook ripped through it last year for the most part, but that's been pretty good. There's been some upsets over the last two years. And, but it comes down to feel an atmosphere, and it's bad. Um, I was there for whatever I don't know why. I mean, for a tournament that we're kind of, nah, we're not tearing it apart. But I, I spent a lot of time there over the last three years, more so than I ever anticipated. But it, 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 and I asked me, the, I asked the question, like, why am I there all the time? Well, it's because I there's something that draws me there, and there are some teams I haven't seen. There are. Some prospects, they're obviously good enough to go watch multiple times. So, you know, we get a – I mean, a, a Lincoln Park this year that kind of broke through and we're talking about it because of what they did at Hinsdale Central. Not that they couldn't have done that at some other tournament, but I, I think there's value in this tournament. I think it needs to – I mean, is this a third or fourth year?
0: I'm always confused about that. Yeah, I don't
1: – I got my my program. Let's see what kind of data history they have here But um, as I look that up. But I, I just think that – I like the gym you're you're I've never understood your your distaste for the Hinsdale Central gym or the are uh, calling it overrated I love that gym most, do, do you ever it, sit up top do you agree that most people love
0: that gym though right most uh, people no I think there's mixed feelings. if you have to sit up top there's horrible sight lines
1: yeah but some of the gyms you love are horrible sightlines. you don't you love Waukegan the dog pound yeah horrible
0: sightlines. There's nowhere I've ever been in Joaquin where I couldn't see part of the court. hinzel Central has those banners. It's this, they have these banners hanging down. And if you're high enough up and whatever. Wait, uh, the banners are in your way? Yeah. Okay,
1: I've never experienced a, a, a well, banner Euro was, shield. You're always there when it's empty. No, <laughs> <laughs> super sectional game. They to go up to the... Uh... They, they've had super sectional. games. Anyway, I, I, I just think... And they and it's well-organized. It's yeah. extremely well-organized. Um, although, it wouldn't let me in the first at 8.45 in the morning. Uh, I had to go through, like...
0: I, yeah, I guess the, the question is, can, obviously, Hinsdale Center and Proviso West cannot both coexist and cannot both succeed. They're too close. There's too... Well,
1: not... from the AAU perspective, I sure like it because I can bounce back and yeah. forth between there and York. I love the fact that 64 teams within a... 15-minute uh, radius of driving. But uh, I, why can't they coexist?
0: Because no one is going to Hinsdale Central. Well,
1: where, well, Okay, so let's say one of them closes shop.
0: Yeah. Then the other one immediately becomes the best holiday tournament probably so you're in saying the
1: area. These 16 teams would go to Dipper and Proviso and York. Yes. And weed out some of the bad teams in those tournaments. Yes. Yeah.
0: Or, or if Proviso shuts down, Hinsdale Central gets the best of them. I, I think it's...
1: They're... It, it's funny. It's like the double-edged sword. I don't want Proviso to shut down because of the history, but I'd rather have Hinsdale Central thriving over Proviso because of just the dynamic of the organization and the... I don't, I'm just tired of Proviso. But anyway.
0: Yeah, I just feel like this this scenario isn't helping anyone um what we are currently at. And it feels like Hinsdale Central is just sitting there waiting for Provisa to die like a vulture.
1: <laughs> I think I mean, what if Hinsdale Central added two really good teams? Does it still just not change it?
0: It th- that doesn't matter apparently. Why, I know, I can't why figure aren't out why are not people coming? Like why aren't the parents there? <laughs> I can I can't
1: figure out why more
0: people don't go to it. Yeah, I don't either. Cuz I mean, there's a there's a an off I mean, chance the first, that Westinghouse I, has Io dosumu <laughs> You know? And is, well, and
1: look at last, I mean, last year. Bolinbrook was one of the top five teams in Illinois. Yeah. And exciting. One of the most exciting
0: teams. There is nothing uh, wrong with J- look at the Jalen, final... F- Jalen Brunson, Brunson played in this tournament. Yeah, the final four was good. I, yeah, the problem is not the field.
1: But it's just the historical value of... The tournament. Yes. That people
0: don't go. Yeah, people have like they come home from college. The dipper is like a thing for South Suburban people. Proviso West yeah, that, is a that, thing for generations. I mean, it's and all Hinsdale <laughs> Central has done is help ruin Proviso West.
1: I cannot find the results Hinsdale Central program. You're not helping me. Anyway, um, see, I don't I want don't to attack
0: it. I just need somebody to tell me what the positive is.
1: Easy parking. <laughs> I
0: mean, for for like the scene, for the uh, high school basketball scene. Easy what?
1: parking, plenty of seats. Uh a lot of red in the gym. My favorite color. No, I I don't know, man. I, I, I when it started and kicked up, I was excited about it and I wanted wanted it to, to, to succeed. Cause I, I get matchups there that I don't get anywhere else.
0: And that's what we Bol- want in the holidays. You're 100% right, yes.
1: Bowling Lincoln Park. Yeah. St. Charles East, Lincoln Park. Love it. Uh, St. Rita, Maine South was an ugly game, but, it you know, it's different. You get Stevenson, and it's just, I can't figure out why. Kind of like what you said. I mean, the, the, why aren't even the parents there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what but I mean, if you're like a high school player and you walk around and you tell people I won Proviso West, like the odd sports fan in Chicago is probably gonna be a pretty good idea. If you're Oh the,
1: yeah, I get that, yeah.
0: If you're in the South Suburbs and you say, Oh, we won the Dipper when I was a senior, people go, Oh wow, you're a good team. If you say you won Hinsdale Central
1: <laughs> Well, like I said, three years, four years.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's that's enough. Sorry, Hinsdale Central. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna still. I'm gonna keep going in Zell Central. I'll be there. Maybe they should just turn it into an AAU tournament, and you and Scott Burgess can go. <laughs> he really likes it too. All right, so let's head over to uh, York, the Jack Tosh tournament, the big 32-team beast. Yeah,
1: I, I like the, the Jack Tosh tournament. Mike has grown on me. I, I've never been a fan of 32 teams, but I do like a couple things. One. If there's one bad game in one gym, I could go to another gym. It, 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 they play them simultaneously, and they're staggered, so you, that part is good for me. I, I like that. But there is a very good competitive balance. You are guaranteed to see a whole lot of close games. Uh, this doesn't have the Division One level talent, Across the board, I mean, it just doesn't compare to Pontiac or Proviso West. But it, it there's some solid, good basketball teams. It is a little bit cookie cutterish for me, where a lot of teams are similar and the same. But again, that's what brings a lot of that uh, parity to the to this field.
0: Yeah, I um, you know, as I said earlier, I was out there for the first time in a long time this year. Really enjoyed it. There were great, great media. Just the way it's set up, two big tables in each gym so I can easily get in and out. I can do my work there. Very hospitality was top notch. It was a nice feel overall to the day there. I was there all day and most of the night. So really great. I As, as well as Joe, I'm not too sold on the 32-team thing. I guess my big issue is I feel like it's a little weird to have a 32-team tournament in the Chicago suburbs and not have a single Chicago Public League team in it. It's
1: yeah, what I mean. it, it is very cookie cutter. Like I said, there, there's a lot of teams that are similar, and, and, and you know, I, I this year, I mean, there are some I mean, Zion Griffin, Ryan Davis, are two high profile, you know, Division one players. Uh, uh, one of my big hits is the is the freshman at Rolling Meadows who really shined. W- was kind of a breakout performer over the holidays. Max Christie, six four guard. Uh, So, I mean, there's some individual talent that does jump out at you, but it's more about that balance, that competitive balance. And you could, I mean, Conan. Neither one of us picked Conan, but, I mean, nothing surprises me that happens in this tournament, which kind of stinks. When you look at a holiday tournament and you're looking for, like, big surprises, you know, or this team made a statement. This kind of, if anybody beats anybody, you're just not that, it's true. I'm aw- awestruck by yeah. it. And a lot, lot of people... So, oh, okay, that's a nice win, but that doesn't surprise me.
0: A lot of people un- think I shouldn't give the winner of this tournament a lot of credit because...
1: A lot of people say that?
0: Yeah, because there was only... Naperville North was the only ranked team headed in, and they're like, well, they won, but who'd they beat? And I, I really disagree with that. I think winning I the, yeah, the five games, you gotta... Even get into the Final Four, you're winning, what, three games to get there, a fourth if you win it. Against teams that have just won tournament games, you know what I mean, and they're they're on a roll, and it's a competitive tournament. These teams are good. Uh, I don't I don't buy into that at all. I even Wheaton North, you know, they didn't make the rankings this um, week, blah blah blah. But to get into that, you know, quarterfinal round was pretty impressive. They had a really nice run. Um, losing to Hinsdale South was no, you know, no shame in that. But yeah, I think it, it's hard to win a sixteen-team tournament, much less a thirty-two-team tournament. You're going to get credit for that, even if you didn't knock off a bunch of ranked teams.
1: Right. I mean, I, it, and that's a big thing. Five games in five days. Um, that says a lot in itself. And you know, again, a couple of that. You know, the hits you take away from the – Ryan Davis. I mean, he's – we've talked a lot about him. I've written a lot about him now. I almost need to tone it down a little bit because he's gotten a lot of the ear pub here in the last couple weeks by us in particular. But if college coaches, Mike, saw the Ryan Davis right now that they saw – I mean, compare it to the Ryan Davis they saw in the spring and summer. I'm just talking about physically, body-wise, agility – athletically. I mean he's dropped about twenty pounds, twenty plus maybe. And he's lighter on his feet, obviously. He is a much he's a far superior athlete than he showed. Not only was he a little bit, you know, heavier obviously, but he was also banged up a lot in the spring and summer. So you combine those two team those two things, I don't think anyone really saw the true Ryan Davis and he was spectacular at York. He put up monster numbers he had some some highlight real plays. To be honest with you, I mean, from alley oop dunk to dunks. I, I'm just, I I, I put my three pointer that he's a player of the year candidate. I think that there's four guys right now in my mind that are uh, legitimate, no doubt about it, player of the year candidates, and I think he's one of them.
0: Yeah, if I was in a fan of any in-state Division one school and I saw him this week, I'd be weeping. It would be very upsetting to me <laughs> that uh, we did not get this guy he's a he, i mean i wrote he played like a duke recruit in that game i saw if you'd have told anybody in that gym that he was going to duke i don't think anybody would have been surprised if they didn't know him he, it was more surprised i think
1: by saying that player is going to vermont yeah
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah absolutely great i'm trying to look at anything else real quick um yeah joe was right the max christie rolling meadows thing uh, I am okay with he being my Ryan Davis praise and madness. Obviously, um, I've been trying to calm down about Max Christie <laughs> and not go too over the top about the freshman. But it was really, really exciting to see him play. He he totally lived up. I I didn't even have that high of a, he he was something. He was a special player. He's gonna be fun to watch over the next four years. Uh, the Hodges Chris Hodges from um, Schomburg. I didn't see his best game. Um, it's obvious he's he, more than just a big kid. Right,
1: but that you have to keep that in mind that he is a big kid, and it just takes time, man. I mean, his is all about projection. I mean, it is with any freshman, but it's just going to be a while for him to, I guess, impact consistently. But some uh, the misses I took, Mike, from this was a few teams who had really jumped out of the gate with big starts that I was seeing if they could be the team that made that run into the semis or a, you know, I'm talking like a St. Lawrence, a Sandberg. um, I'm missing somebody else. Um, I mean, those two in particular, you know, I I just, Highland Park got, you know, I thought Highland Park was going to be a really good team this year. And and they they have bounced back a little bit, and they played pretty well in this tournament, actually. But Hinsdale South, another one. They they didn't do it, you know. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for teams to. At the end of the day, there are only four teams that get those, get to that final four with the long route to get there and then win four games to get the championship. And this was, you know, Conan and Brother Rice that did it. They played a whale of a championship game. It looks like a double overtime game. Uh, you know, Batavia, my pick, they came up with a big win, beating previously unbeaten Naperville North. I think Batavia and Naperville North. Are both top twenty-five caliber teams um, in this fluctuation that you're going to have in your rankings? I can see in and out, but I think they are both legitimate quality top twenty-five teams.
0: Yeah, they're got them both in now, so that's uh, nice. But um, yeah, I don't know, brother Rice. We've talked with them a lot. They're an interesting team. Josh Boulanger, who's, uh, one of my favorites. Who's your yes. favorite? Can't beat that. Yeah, and, it, and it's too bad these matchups weren't a little bit different. Like, it would have been, you know, Batavia, Brother Rice, and St. Lawrence, Naperville, North. Instead of the uh, teams near one another. But anyway, um, I guess I don't. that'll do me for Bloomington. Wheeling! Enjoyed my time at Wheeling. Nice crowds there. Um, you know, not packed or anything, but enough to make you feel like you were at a game. And, th- and that gym it has a nice nicer fielder than you'd think. Um, so that was a good time. I was very. I I watched Notre Dame Geneva. I actually left Proviso to uh, go up and catch that one. Was very impressed with uh, Geneva. Notre Dame has some fun freshmen, Uh, but I guess my overall biggest hit, clearly Niles North, sailed through. But Libertyville is my biggest hit actually. Who I I don't think either Joe or I would have picked them to be in the final. And they beat no. some good teams, Fremd and Waukegan. The second time this year they've beaten Waukegan. I remember the first time everybody wondered if it was a fluke. Well, guess not. Drew Peterson probably deserves to be getting a lot more attention. I need to get out and see him this season. Uh, because they almost beat Niles North. You no, know, Nobody seems to want to give Liberty, Libertyville any credit. I got him in the rankings. They almost beat the undefeated powerhouse here.
1: Yeah, and they, they're a team that – I mean, they – what makes this team go is Drew Peterson. That's obvious. He He's a all-state candidate type player. But what he does is he has become the player that can help make those around him better. I think he averaged close to five assists per game, including his 20-plus a night. So, you know, Drew Peterson is, I've talked about it, written about it, he's the top uncommitted prospect in Illinois remaining in the senior class. And, you know, he has gotten a numerous mid-major offers and he's just kind of playing out this senior season to see how it rolls. But, you know, yeah, they've got two wins over Waukegan now. They, you know, they've lost a, They lost three of their first four, but they were all good losses. To I, I think my miss, though, Mike, is St. Viator. I I was extremely high on St. Viator. I still am. But this was a big opportunity. They took on the chin, opening round, losing to Glenbrook South. Uh, and I'm not sure in your Cancellation world, what they did, I can't remember what they did in that cancellation bracket. Um, uh, what Saint Viter did, but they, they, to me, were a team that I thought could make a run and was going to be the team that maybe upset Waukegan, quote unquote, upset Waukegan. But uh, they didn't. I mean, they didn't get that chance because they lost that first round game.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's more troublesome than it would be for another team because that's what Saint Viter was last year. You know, a team that was so up and down and. I was starting to, as well, maybe trust them a little bit more this year, so it's a little disconcerting to see them drop that and game. And I think
1: they lost to Maine West in the consolation bracket, if I, I
0: can't my, remember for my, sure. But. I have the bracket in front of me with all of the winners bracket games filled out, and then it's all blank to the left. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I don't yeah, I don't know, man. Mine is, too. <laughs> okay. See how important those games are? We didn't even fill them out.
1: Uh, um, but, maybe, yeah, that, you know, that was and, – and then – On top of that, Waukegan. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. You know, this is a team now with, I know we made the excuse all the Browns weren't playing together. They didn't fully assembled early in the year, blah, blah, blah. But they got five losses now, including two to Libertyville. So, you know, they lost to Carmel. I I don't know where this team is um, going forward. I, I really don't.
0: Yeah, it's so strange to me, too, because I've seen them play at their best. The last two years when they play at their best, boy, do they look like something. But then there's clearly a lot of times when they're not. And maybe this is a team that we'll see come together in March and get us all excited about next year. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, that, that I guess that wraps up Wheeling for me, too. Um, let's, We're going to want to talk about two of the central downstate um tournaments, Bloomington, State Farm. Actually, it isn't. No, it is State Farm. There was something yeah. different on it. Um, anyway, my big takeaway from this one, North Lawndale, they uh, got all the way to the title game. They lost to normal, I think by 12 points, but there, they had a lot of factors going on in this one. Um, Clavon Hillard, name you know, we've never spoke here, he is maybe their best big man, and he'd been out injured most of the season. He came back for game one, um, hit four free throws in the last minute to help seal the win for them. Then he found out his mom died. Um, she'd been sick, but it was kind of suddenly... So they didn't have him then again for the rest of the tournament. And, you know, it was kind of talking to Lou Thorpe, It was rough on the team. So they were kind of dealing with that the whole way through, but still managed to get the wins. There was some talk that Hillard was going to come back. He ended up not making it back at all, losing to normal. But with the win over Joliet Central, you know, a nice win over Metamora. They squeaked by Zion Benton early. I, I think this is a team that we should be taking more seriously. You know, they picked up the loss to Marshall that everybody wondered about. But North Lawndale Marshall is like a – It is possibly the most intense rivalry in the entire state. That game has been dangerous before. I've been there when some really rough things have happened. North London's had a player shot outside that game in the last few years. That's a tough one, and Forrest didn't didn't play their big rebounder, so it's not the worst loss in the world to pick up that Marshall loss. Um, They've also had Forrest hurt. I think we need to take North London a lot more seriously. Demetrius Douglas looks like one of the better players in the junior class.
1: You take them more seriously at... As a result of what?
0: When he, Just getting through it. I think the Joliet Central win was big. They, they couldn't do that last year.
1: See my my point was I had a reason for that question. Is yeah. I look at this tournament going into it as okay? This field is not. It's the same top teams as last year, but it's not as good as last year. And I firmly believe that if I go team by team, is Wheaton South as good as last year? No. Is Juliet Central as good as last year? I don't think so. Maybe they can prove that they are. I don't think they are. North Lawndale, are they as good as last year? I don't think they are on paper as talented as last year. Um, so I, my point is they got through this, yes, and they didn't win it. But that win you said is big. I just don't know if I can take of all the tournaments at, at, at the end result. And, yes, it's big to advance and win tournament games. I get it. That this tournament just did not stack up to where I, I think it has in past years, where I've taken a lot out of the winner or a championship game.
0: Yeah, I mean that's totally agreed with. I mean the counterpoint would be that they beat more ranked teams in this tournament than anyone did at Naperville North or at York. At except, York, except for Batavia, who beat one right ranked team. Yeah,
1: um, and then. I guess that you know, my I, question
0: for you is, um, actually, I was writing this down. Normal? Should we be thinking about normal? Like, this is a team that took us by surprise a couple years ago. I looked it up; they're eight and two now. Their losses are to Bloomington and Champaign Central, you know, who are top-notch teams.
1: Yeah, yeah got, they got they've got some size. They've got um, what's interesting though, Mike, is, is I mean, we're not we don't talk about Central Illinois much, but uh, the. You know, Bloomington is the team in Bloomington Normal that everybody kind of yeah. talks about. But you have Normal that won at the State Farm Classic. And then over at Pekin, uh, you know, Normal West has <clears throat> the, the one of the best prospects in the state of Illinois, and mm-hmm. Francis O'Coro, and they upset Springfield Fear in the championship game at Pekin. So you're looking at Normal West, Normal, Bloomington. If we want to get really crazy, we can include Bloomington Central Catholic that lost Aurora Christian in the championship game of the small school tournament. It was a big, big basketball week for uh, Bloomington Normal. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Normal West win of all the Bloomington Normal teams was the big one. I mean, yeah. they Normal West went in at one peak and, and beat Springfield Lanphira, which many people uh, consider to be one of the top two or three teams they may even been ranked number one in Class 3A in the last rankings, if I if I remember right. So that to me was a big eye opener of all the normal teams.
0: My, my miss here, really big missed opportunity in Bloomington for North Chicago, a team I was high on, kind of you know for their world headed into the season. I saw them last year. I knew they had a lot of guys coming back, and they lost the opener. Uh, it was a six versus eleven. They lost to the eleven seed rockton Hananega, which. Not a good uh, run for King Coleman and his boys.
1: Yeah. And the last one way down south, Centralia, which... And I haven't been there in years, Mike. Probably oof, 18 years. I went one time. And 15 years ago, I can't remember. But terrific tournament. I mean, it, it's got a little of the Pontiac feel. The only thing... Now, they got a new gymnasium down there and stuff like that. But... um to be your point about the Dipper, anytime there's out-of-state teams, it's just, yeah, I just lose interest. And they have, if I'm looking at their bracket, team from Tennessee, Missouri, two, three, four, five out-of-state teams. So that's just, ugh. I mean, it's hard for me to make the the trek to Centralia to have to sit through games where there's out-of-state teams. But from a tournament perspective and what I know you enjoy and what you like, uh, aside from that, I think you would really enjoy what they put together at Centralia. You know, in our area, we had three teams, mostly, that were looking to make a statement. And I think they all kind of they didn't make a big statement, but they kind of held their own. Each one of them. I think Marist had an opportunity to kind of show us that they're the real deal. I mean, I'm talking high level. If they came out of there beating Champagne Central, in Belleville West, we're talking about Marist in a whole different light. Yeah, they made it to the semis, lost to Champaign Central. Morgan Taylor was terrific again, uh, their senior break out, breakout senior guard who's really had a sensational senior season. But you know, they then they came back and won the third place game, so you know, beat a good Alton team. So Maris kind of held, held their own, I think. And Evanston kind of did the same. They, they lost the champ or uh, they lost the Champagne central. Evanston did uh, as well. And then they came back and finished fifth. So, I mean, they both went three and one, even Carmel to a degree, went down there and played pretty well. They lost some two games by a combined five points. So I guess my point is they all kind of held their own, but didn't quite. Uh, they, they hit a couple of doubles, maybe a triple, but didn't hit a home run.
0: Yeah, there's a little community on the comment section on the website under my rankings where people argue about things, and I get involved with that probably more than I should. But um, one of the storylines is they were like, I think two people that thought Champaign Central was not good based on their record, <laughs> they lost some games earlier, whatever, and so I think this proved to everyone when they knocked off Evanston and Marist. Back to back. Champagne Central is good. Then they you know, lost to Belleville West in the title game. But I think we saw them at the Elite Classic, Champagne Central. This is a team that can challenge Morgan Park. I think we have that solid group now we know in 3A with Morgan Park, Hillcrest, and Champagne Central that might make that kind of fun in March, hopefully. Um, so I guess they're the big hit to me. Champagne Central proved it. And like you said, Evanston, Marist, not disappointing, but not super great either.
1: Yeah, Belleville West, who I know I've pumped up and talked a lot about, EJ Liddell, who I think may be, I mean, you could argue the most dominant high school player in Illinois right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just who he is because of his size and his ability and physicality and, and his improved um, face-up game. And this kid is, uh, he, he's terrific. And they ended up winning the championship, beating Cent- uh, Central by one in the championship. And... I keep looking forward down that road. Uh, A couple of teams we talked a lot about, Uh, Danville, Champaign Central. No, wait, not uh, not Bloomington, I mean. Danville, Bloomington. Bloomington's 4A, right? Yeah. This year. So Danville and Bloomington winner would play Belleville. That that could be one heck of a sectional. Yeah. Belleville West, Danville, and Bloomington. Uh, With the winner going to play normal at the normal super – you know, I don't I didn't even talk about the two normal teams. You know, that's, in, in 4A, that's that's a pretty good sectional. Yeah, that's and exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I like the, that. the, the winner, I mean, and I haven't looked at the brackets, but what if you had Francis Okoro, EJ Liddell, Kendall Moore, and Chris Payton in a, and one of those may meet before the sectional, but my point is they're all together. Uh, and then they play, usually we see Simeon down there at the ISU sec- super sectional. And right now, kind of up in the air. I mean, Bolingbroke, I guess, would still maybe be the favorite to reach the uh, Illinois State Super Sectional. But the point is, one of those teams that we talked about will be playing in the Super, and, and they're all viable to get to Peoria and do some damage once there.
0: All right. I think that a uh, very long episode. Um, there's not much to talk about for the week ahead. Uh, this is going to go up a little bit later, kind of middle of the week anyway. But. Uh, I have a brief handful of Friday games for you. DePaul at St. Rita.
1: Nice little rematch.
0: Yeah, St. Mel, Providence St. Mel at Leo. Um, Wheaton Warrenville South at Naperville Central. Larkin at St. Charles North. And St. Charles East at Batavia are your... uh...
1: Little Upstate 8 action.
0: Yeah, but it's a weak weekend overall. There's not a lot happening. Saturday, I couldn't even find any games to write down. Um, I might go the, see Rich Central against someone.
1: Then the following weekend, you got the, the influx of the Martin Luther King tournaments.
0: I haven't seen the Wheaton South bracket yet. Have you?
1: No, I have not.
0: Well, that'll be exciting. But yeah, kind of a week off, everybody. I'm sure you saw enough basketball over the uh, holidays. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.